Shalom, and welcome to Parasha Highlights and Insights. This is Rabbi Abraham Fisher, and this week's parasha is Parashat Naso, second parasha in the book of Bamidbar. Uh, it continues the theme of the first part of Sefer Bamidbar, which is preparing for the entry into the land of Israel uh, by means first of taking a census. A census. Uh, we're going to find that Naso is actually a very long parasha, a uh, number of different topics uh, we will touch on. Uh, in a broad sense, we can say that parashat Naso is divided into uh, seven sections, seven subsections, uh, and uh, the first of these seven subsections is a continuation of the topic of taking a census. The census of, of the tribes has been done. That was in Parshat Bamidbar. Uh, but the census of the tribe of Levi has not been completed. So that's where it uh, picks up. Uh, told to take a census of the tribe of Levi according to their various divisions and in line with their responsibilities. The tribe of Levi is divided into three divisions, Gershon, Kahat, and Merari, uh, we're first told, uh, we were told about uh, the responsibilities of Kahat in last week's parasha, but now we're told about, first, the responsibilities of Gershon, which is transporting the curtains and the hangings of the Mishkan, then the responsibilities of Merari, which is to transport the boards, pillars, and bars of the Mishkan. Then we uh, return to the topic of the census. Each one of these divisions has a number. Kahat, Gershon, Merari, and uh, the, the total. Uh, just for your interest, the total of the tribe of Levi is 8,580 uh, the people from the age of 30 and above. They are the ones who do the uh, service in the, uh, in the Mishkan. Uh, the next section of the parasha, in a sense, continues the topic of preparing for uh, the entry to the land, uh, because the topic is uh, making the camp of Israel uh, a, a pure place. And in order to do that, it is necessary to uh, expel from the camp people who are different types of tum'ah, different types of tameh. Uh, and there are actually three categories of Tomei people uh, that are addressed here. Um, Sara'at, somebody who has uh, Sara'at, which is often mistranslated as leprosy. Uh, Zav, somebody who has a discharge. Zav or Zava, a man or a woman. And the third type of Tomei is someone who has had direct contact with the dead. Now, the camp of Israel uh, has three sections. The central section where the Mishkan is, which is known as Machane Shekhinah, the place of the divine presence. Then there is a, an area right around that, uh, which is where the tribe of Levi is, that's known as Machane Leviah. And then the outer camp, uh, which is where the other tribes were encamped. So we're told that somebody who has Tzara'at is excluded from three camps. Uh, all three. Someone who ha- is a Zav, who has had a discharge, is excluded from um, two camps, that is to say, be in the camp of Israel, but not in the camp of Levi or in the camp of 
uh, of the Mishkan, and someone who has contact with the dead is excluded from only one camp, that is to say, where the Mishkan uh, stands. Uh, these sections also uh, are uh, transpo- uh, transplanted, uh, in a sense, to uh, the city of Yerushalayim, where the Beit HaMikdash stands. There are also different uh, areas where different Tamei people are not permitted to go. Uh, but the uh, it would seem to be a continuation here of this theme that we've been talking about, Namely, <coughs> when uh, uh, we are organizing the camp, not only to know who uh, encamps where, but also uh, which people have to uh, stay out of the camp uh, as long as they are Tomei, because the, ta- the camp is to be uh, Tahor and Kadosh, pure and, uh, and holy. Uh, the next section, third section of the Pasha, uh, deals with uh, the ramifications of uh, certain kinds of sin, especially theft, um, and uh, could be a case of a breach of faith where somebody makes a commitment and, uh, and then lies. Uh, so the Torah discusses the consequence of this. One is that they must confess, and actually from this we have an example of a, a general rule in the Torah, namely uh, that when somebody does a sin, uh, they sh- can do tshuva, and in order to do that, they must confess uh, what's called vidui. If they're responsible for a punishment, uh, the vidui does not, uh, the, con- the confession doesn't release them from their responsibilities, from their possible punishment, uh, but it does uh, enable the person to do tshuva and to make that punishment uh, a full atonement for the sin. So, uh, for this breach of faith, the person confesses, they have to pay back uh, the principle that they uh, stole, plus they must add what the Torah calls a fifth. Uh, but what is uh, not a fifth of the principle, it's a fifth of the combination of the, f- the principle and the addition. In other words, it's a fifth of the total once it's been added. So, it actually turns out to be a fourth of the principle. Uh, we've seen this, uh, this kind of calculation before. A uh, person he, under these circumstances is also required to bring a, uh, a certain kind of sacrifice, a guilt offering, an asham. Uh, we're also taught uh, that if uh, someone has stolen from a convert, uh, and that person, and the convert, that does not have any relatives, and the convert is no longer alive, so the money which is supposed to be returned is actually returned to the Kohen. And the Torah also makes um, an allusion to the other t- entitlements of the uh, Kohanim, such as the first fruit and so on. The fourth section of the Pasha, which is a rather uh, long section, uh, deals with the mitzvah of Sotah. Uh, we were uh, saying earlier that the camp of Israel is to be uh, pure, uh, in a in the sense of co- uh, contact with uh, the dead or bodily emissions, um, the camp also is expected to be pure in terms of morality. And if the uh, if the morality of the of the basic family unit, the relationship between a husband and wife, is shaken, uh, then that is a problem for the whole camp. That might be a reason for why this mitzvah is placed. Here, be that as it may, we're talking about the case of a sota, which is a woman who has been straying, 
she's been acting in a way that arouses suspicion. She's suspected by her husband. Uh, the Torah says that uh, he, the husband uh, warns his wife in a formal sense in the presence of witnesses. And despite this, the wife is seen uh, going to a secluded place uh, with someone, uh, but she maintains her innocence of adultery, and there is no witness to adultery. Uh, so uh, the Torah talks about administering the procedure of the sota, which means the straying woman. Uh, one is there's a certain offering, uh, known as the offering of jealousy. It's made of barley, which is very coarse. It has no oil, no incense. There's nothing uh, fancy about it. Um, water is also drawn from the laver, from the kiol, that is the uh, utensil that contains the water uh, which the Kohanim used to wash their hands and their feet. Uh, so that water is drawn into an earthenware vessel. Uh, what's added to the water is dust from the floor of the Mishkan. Um, then the uh, wife is shamed uh, by undoing her hair and administering an oath and a warning. This uh, whole passage is written down and then dissolved in the water. Um, the sacrifice is offered, and then uh, the wife is made to uh, drink, and this produces her judgment. Uh, this is the only case of a mitzvah that we have in the Torah, uh, which really is based on a miracle, uh, that this, uh, this water that she's going to drink, which contains in it these other ingredients, including the ink that's been dissolved from the uh, passage that's been written out, uh, by drinking this is going to prove her guilt or her innocence. Um, if she is guilty, then uh, she suffers very greatly and, uh, and may die, if not immediately, but uh, then eventually. And if she is innocent, um, then not only does she survive, but uh, she is promised that she will uh, have conception and she will do better in her childbearing. So that's the mitzvah of Sota. Uh, the next section of the parasha talks about another uh, mitzvah, uh, rather on the opposite end of the spectrum, if you will, of holiness. Uh, this is called this is the area called nazir. A nazir is a person um, who, because they desire a higher level of, of kedusha of sanctity, um, takes a, an, makes a commitment kind of an oath, and it's an oath of abstention. The Torah is very clear about uh, what areas of abstention uh, are applicable here. First, there are uh, restrictions of the nazir. Um, the nazir is not permitted to partake of wine or really any grape byproducts. Two, uh, he does not shave or cut his hair uh, at all. Uh, and uh, he's not permitted uh, any kind of defilement with the dead. The Torah points out that if uh, unintentionally he uh, becomes defiled by the dead because he happens to be in a place where, uh, where death takes place and it wasn't really his fault, so then the Torah has a procedure that on the seventh day he shaves, he brings two uh, doves or pigeons, one which serves as a chatat, sin offering, and one which serves as an ola, a burnt offering. He also brings a sheep 
guilt offering called an Hashem. And whatever the first days were, uh, before he uh, unintentionally became uh, Tameh, so those first days don't count. He has to start his count all over again. Uh, it's possible for a person can, to uh, undertake to be a Nazir for uh, a period of time, for a short period of time, the shortest period being 30 days or for much longer. At the end of the Nazir period, uh, when he uh, fulfills his, uh, his commitment, so the Nazir brings uh, certain sacrifices. He brings a male lamb as a burnt offering, Ola. He brings a female lamb as a chatat, sin offering, and a ram as a shlamim, a peace offering. He also brings matzot, and he shaves. Uh, his entire body is, is shaved, and the uh, hair that's uh, shaved off is thrown into the same fire that is cooking the shlamim, Going to be partaken of by uh, by others. That is the uh, Nazir section, uh, another large section of the parasha. Uh, the next section of the Torah uh, of this parasha, rather short, uh, but it's very familiar. It's the blessings recited by the Kohanim. Uh, the Kohanim have a mitzvah uh, to uh, to bless the people. Uh, so you must say to them, you must tell them to. Uh, to bless the people. Uh, the blessing is very familiar, Yivarechecha Hashem Yishmarecha, etc. May God bless you and keep you. Uh, these are the brachot that are said by the Kohanim, uh, but uh, the Torah reminds us that the, uh, the true blessing comes from Hashem, of course, but the mitzvah on the Kohanim is to recite these blessings, uh, and then Hashem will bless them. Uh, the last section of the parasha, a very long section of the parasha, uh, goes back to the time when the Mishkan was uh, first dedicated, and at that time, uh, the Nesiyim, the heads of each of the tribes, uh, gave gifts for the Mishkan. Uh, so that's what it took place back then. Um, the first part of their gift is a gift of wagon, wagons and oxen. Uh, for transporting the parts of the Mishkan. Six wagons and twelve uh, oxen. Um, the, uh, these wagons and oxen are apportioned to the different divisions of the Leviim. Uh, for Gershon, they receive two wagons and four oxen. Uh, that's because they transport the curtains and the hangings, so two wagons will be enough. Merari, which deals with the pillars, the bars, uh, and, and such uh, items, boards, uh, they get four wagons and eight oxen. They need more uh, ox, uh, more wagons to transport. Kahat receives no wagons, and that's because what they transport, the holiest things, are transported on their shoulder, uh, on their shoulders, not uh, not. Uh, on a, a wagon. That's their special mitzvah, to transport them, these items, uh, on their shoulders. And then the Torah lists, one after the other, uh, the, uh, the offerings that are brought by the different Nisim. And it turns out that each one of the Nisim brings the identical offering. Uh, it's comprised of a silver bowl, a silver jug, both filled with fine flour and oil, a uh, gold spoon filled with incense, uh, a bull, ram, and lamb as uh, Ola, burnt offering, 
goat as a chatat, a sin offering, and also shalamim, uh, peace offerings are brought, and they are composed of two bulls, five rams, five male goats, five male lambs, and uh, the Torah gives us uh, the uh, these gifts in the order of their encampment, uh, the way they encamped and they traveled, so the order is Yehuda, Yisachar, Zvulun, Ruvain, Shimon, Gad, Ephraim, Menashe, Binyamin, Dan, Asher, and Naphtali. Of course, the tribe of Levi doesn't uh, bring any offerings uh, because uh, they're they're totally devoted to serving Hashem, and therefore they do not have the same number of material possessions. And then the Torah concludes by giving us all of the totals of all of these items together, uh, what are their weights and uh, and so on, and the. Uh, Parasha concludes uh, by saying that Moshe would hear the voice of Hashem emanate from between the Keruvim, the cherubs that are on top of the Aron, that are on top specifically of the uh, the Kaporet. And that is the conclusion of this uh, Parasha. Uh, For a more in-depth insight, I thought we would look at the very, very last verse, which describes how Moshe uh, hears the voice of Hashem uh, communicating. The uh, pasuk, which is really the last pasuk of the uh, parasha, says uh, that when Moshe uh, would go into the uh, go into the tent of meeting, the Ohel Moed. Um, he would hear the voice, the voice of Hashem, addressing him from above the cover that was on top of the Ark, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, uh, between the two Kruvin, uh, they look like angels, and thus he, God, spoke to him. Rashi points out that there are some difficulties in this pasuk that require uh, evaluation. Uh, first of all, uh, there, there are two verses that at, the f- at first glance seem to contradict each other. Uh, and when that's the case, a third verse can be quoted to help uh, reconcile. So the picture emerges really from the three verses together. Um, one verse says uh, in the beginning of Vayikra that God spoke to, Hashi- uh, to Moshe from the oil moed, from the tent, uh, which sounds like it's from the area outside of the uh, parochet, outside the curtain, in other words, outside of the Holy of Holies. Um, another verse in the book of Shemot says that uh, Hashem says to Moshe that I will speak to you from on top of the kaporet, from on top of the, uh, the covering of the, of the ark. So where does the voice emanate? This this verse, towards the end of, 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 of Parashat Naso, helps to uh, reconcile. Uh, Moshe would come to the tent, and he would hear the voice of Hashem uh, that emanates from the area on top of the kaporet, on top of the covering, uh, from between the true kruvim, as it says here. Um, the, that voice, of course, came from heaven, uh, where Hashem spoke, but it Emerged between the two uh, kruvim, and from there it could be heard also beyond, outside uh, in the area of the Ohel Moed, 
the rest of the tent. So the voice emanates from heaven. It's, it comes out uh, of the area between the Kruvian, but from there it can be heard everywhere. That's one way uh, that we take these three verses to uh, reconcile. Furthermore, Rashi points out that when it says uh, that Moshe heard the voice, uh, we might think that it's a very low voice um, because it's only heard in the Oel Moed. It's not heard beyond there. Uh, but because it says Hakol, the voice, well, that's the same voice at the same volume, the same strength that was spoken at Sinai. However, miraculously, this voice only was heard inside the Oel Moed, but did not go beyond the opening of the tent. Uh, so no one would hear it. So it was a very loud voice, just like the voice that was heard at Sinai, uh, but it stopped short of going outside of the uh, Ohel Moed. And, uh, and so Moshe uh, heard this. Now, uh, what did he hear? He heard God, uh, and the word that is used is Middaber. A little grammatical point here at this point. It doesn't say midaber, which is speaking. It's midaber. Uh, the f- grammatical form of that is called hitpael, um, which means that God was, as it were, speaking to himself. Hitpael is generally reflexive. Usually hitpael has a tav mitdaber. However, because the sound of the tav and the sound of the dalet are so close, the, the tav is actually assimilated into the dalit in the form of a dot. So it's middaber. Uh, but the point here is not only grammatical, uh, but rather to, uh, to point out that what Moshe heard was not the voice talking to him. That would have not been appropriate, uh, would not be proper kavod for Hashem to suggest that, uh, that that was the case. But instead... Uh, the voice was speaking to itself. The voice was uh, was emanating, uh, but Moshe was granted uh, the uh, permission to hear it. Um, of course, he heard it. He could not help but hear it. But the voice was speaking to itself. But then the voice, the verse concludes by, by saying, But it did speak to him. And that, says Rashi, is to emphasize that the only one who actually heard it was Moshe, not anyone else, even not even uh, Aharon, the Kohen Gadol, the high priest, was very close, uh, close by, but even he could not hear it. So this voice that comes from heaven emerges from between the two Kruvim and is as loud as the voice at Sinai, fills the Oel Moed, is heard by Moshe there, but it's not heard beyond the uh, Ohel Moed, not even by the one who is closest to it, to, uh, to Aharon. Only Moshe hears it. This is a very long parasha. It actually has a very large number of psukim. It has 176 psukim, which is the largest number of psukim of any single parasha. Uh, worth, uh, worth thinking about. Uh, and the, uh, as I said, the parasha is divided into seven different sections, uh, many of which are, are rather lengthy. So there's a lot to study, uh, a lot to take in in the Torah port reading for Parashat Naso. I thank you all very much for joining me uh, in this examination of Parashat Naso.
uh, leading up to the holiday of Shavuot. Uh, so let me take this opportunity uh, for Parashah high, Highlights and Insights to say that this is Rabbi Avraham Fisher saying Shalom, Shabbat Shalom as well, and Chag Sameach.